Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Homework Help Show Student Influencers Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie. Today, I'm here with Danielle Benavid, who is a California real estate agent. Danielle went to a few different universities, starting at Cal State San Bernardino and ending up at the University of Laverne. She gained a wide range of knowledge in a lot of different subjects before she settled on a career in real estate, which she loves. On this episode, Danielle shared tons of great tips, including advice for getting your feet wet in a lot of different subject areas, getting as much education as you can, breaking into the real estate industry and obtaining a career in real estate, and so much more. Tune in now to hear what Danielle has to say on episode 26 of the Homework Help Show Student Influencers podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Homework Help Show Student Influencers podcast. I'm your host, Leslie, and today we are here with Danielle. Danielle, it's lovely to have you here with us today. Thank you so much, Leslie. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So just to get started, uh, we like to do a little bit of um, kind of get to know you questions. Uh, So if you could start off, where were you born and raised and where are you living now? Sure. So I was born in West Covina, California, only born there. And I actually was raised um, in the early part of my childhood from like a baby to like about six, seven years old. I grew up in Pomona, California. And then after my parents um, split up and my mom remarried, um, I moved around seven, eight years old to Altaloma, California, which is the suburbs of the San Bernardino County area. And I pretty much grew up there, went to elementary, junior high and high school in Altaloma, California. Nice. So California born and raised. Yep. I'm a Cali girl. (laughs) And that's where you are now, correct? Correct. Yeah. So I actually moved out of Altaloma and I'm more coastal. I live in Orange County now by the beach. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds real good. Coming from us where we're in Canada, that sounds uh, really nice right about now because we just got a ton of Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, And what college, university, what did you do for school and what did you study? Yeah, sure. So I went to Cal State San Bernardino for my undergrad. And um, that, like I said, Cal State San Bernardino, it's a CSU. And I also, um, after I received a bachelor's um, in psychology and a minor in mass communication, from there, I went to pursue a Um, another degree, a master's in journalism, which I actually unfortunately did not complete um, due to the extensive driving that I was doing. Um, And then also, um, it was something that I feel like I wasn't relating to my peers or connecting with the professors. So um, I did not pursue that program. And then I decided to go into a different program program after that, I had to pass like my CBUS. So that's basically for liberal arts majors. Um, I wanted to get into school counseling. And so I actually got into a private university, University of Laverne. And um, I literally was two years into the program to finish my school counseling. And then life as you know, or, you know, I'm sure many listeners can just relate life happens. And so I was three courses away from getting my master's in school counseling. Um, And yeah, so I have a lot of education under my belt, (laughs) a lot of studying, a lot of late nights, a lot of cramming, and a lot of papers. I don't even like looking back now. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know how I did it. (laughs) Yeah, because it sounds (laughs) like like blur. Yeah, because it sounds like you tried a lot of different things. Yeah. And just kind of like put your toes in a bunch of different areas which can be a lot of work. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And what are you doing now? You're, you're in real estate now, right? Yes. So, um, as I just said, I, I, um, I went through those different career options and now I'm actually in real estate, not even pursuing um, the degrees. However, I absolutely, um, you know, I'm very fortunate to have had those experiences. Um, But yeah, I'm doing real estate now. I love it. I really enjoy 
um, you know, working as a realtor and the opportunities and just meeting a lot of amazing people um, in doing so. Awesome. How did, so what made you decide, like after all of those different directions that you kind of went, what made you decide to go into real estate after all that? Yeah, well, I'll just kind of, I'll try to make the long story really short. <laughs> um, so it was basically back in 2015, 2016 is when I had my last position in what I would say is like the educational field. And um, I had a really bad experience at that position um, from the program director to even like the peers that I worked with. Um, they just weren't um, it, it, like it, I don't want to go into further detail, but it just wasn't a great experience. And then I decided, you know what, um, I need to pursue a different career option and then maybe something that I didn't even go to school for. And at the time I had a friend that was in the mortgage industry, which is, um, very, it's, we're like very tied in together, um, as far as real estate. And, um, I decided, okay, I'm going to ask my friend to give me some more information about what real estate is. Um, I've always had, I've always had an interest in it, but I never like pursued it. Um, so I asked him, he basically, um, introduced me to a few different companies and I pretty much decided, okay, Danielle, if you're going to pursue a completely different career, you actually don't have to invest too much as far as like, um, like financially, you know, um, you could get started right away. It's more of just putting yourself out there and networking. And, um, and so I decided, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to really just immerse myself in this field, learn as much as I can. And then, um, along the way, take the courses that I need to become a real estate agent and just, you know, add to my tool belt <laughs> and then, you know, get licensed and, you know, go from there. And that's what I did. <laughs> right. Cause also like thinking about the other things that you were talking about studying, like a lot of those things I feel like can really help you with real estate too, like communication and stuff. Obviously that's a big thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's so many things that, like I said, um, early on, I'm very fortunate and I love the experience that I did have, um, you know, going to college, you know, having to study, having to learn how to balance my time, how to be organized. I'm like OCD when it comes to being organized. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Communication is huge. Um, speaking to people, uh, um, in a professional manner and also writing you, there's a lot of, it's really interesting that in real estate, you do not need a like high school diploma, you know, oh, you really? need, no. Yeah. You do, well, at least in um, California, I don't right, I right. speak for the other States, but um, there are a lot of real estate agents that maybe just only have a high school um, background and they don't have higher education. And so it's very interesting that like there's a lot of people out there making a lot of money with limited education. And yeah. so, yeah, but there are a good majority of us that do have it. Um, but yeah, it's just going, the whole reason why I bring it up is because um, all the things that I did learn in higher education, I definitely implement it into what I'm doing now. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely, like, it's not required, but it gave you a really big advantage. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because with real estate, you just, basically, you just need the license, right? Yeah. That's all, that's all you need in California. And I think um, across, you know, the U.S., um, you just need three courses and it usually takes about like three months and then you just study for the um, state license exam. So that's pretty quick process too. Yeah, yeah. You could definitely get your license within a matter of, I'd say like six months is like the long, like, you know, if it, you're just taking your time. Yeah. Right. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. That I think, I think it's pretty similar in Canada from what I know and mm -hmm. here in Ontario anyway. So yeah, it's probably a pretty kind of universal system, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, so for students who are kind of thinking, hey, maybe I want a career in real estate, um, what kind of uh, tips or advice would you give to someone like thinking about that? Yeah, so um, a career in real estate is um, definitely 
absolutely amazing and wonderful. Um, there's a lot of benefits to it. Um, but the number one thing that I would say if someone is even thinking about pursuing a career in real estate is ask yourself why, like, what is your why? Um, and I would actually go further and say that with any career, um, especially if it's going to be a sales career or for entrepreneurs is why is this important to you? Because that plays a huge role in your day to day. Um, and it also like when you have your like, you know, down moments, your setbacks, or when you're feeling like kind of defeated, you need to like think back of, okay, what's your why? And then you got to like go for it. So that would be like my number one tip is ask yourself why is, you know, what's your why and why do you want to pursue um, a career in real estate? Number two, um, I would research like your local top realtors in the area, check out what they're doing. Like, um, you know, you could do a simple Google search or, you know, whatever browser or, you know, you, uh, yeah, URL that you use to search and, um, yeah, just check them out, look at their website, check out if they have like social media handles, check out, you know, if they're, you know, they do YouTube or podcasts and just see like, how do they immerse themselves in the community. Um, and you know, maybe you can find a few different ones and see, you know, do, who do you relate to? You know, are there some that really inspire you and kind of just see what they're doing, follow them for a while. And then after you do those two things, asking yourself why doing the research of other realtors in the community, um, I would then assume that you're probably thinking like, okay, this is a career I want to do. So then obviously you're going to go ahead and start your courses. Um, my advice as far as courses is you could do the courses online. Um, there's plenty of um, online courses that you could take. And then um, if you don't want to do online and you're more of an in-person learner, there's a lot of brokers that actually offer classes in person. And then also some of those online um, classes, uh, online educators, they sometimes have, um, in person as well. Like, seminars. so, um, oh, and then also with the brokers. Yeah. Also with the brokers who do offer it. Um, sometimes there's an advantage where if you hang your license, that's what they call it. You hang your license with them, then, um, they'll reimburse you, um, the money that you paid up front after you close your first deal. So that's like an incentive. Yeah. Um, so those are just two, two ways. Yeah. And then the fourth and last thing that I would say is, um, okay, you're taking your classes. You're super excited about real estate. Um, number four, read a bunch of books like about sales. Um, I mean, I can send you Leslie, um, after this, um, a, a link or like all the books and podcasts that I would recommend. I just didn't write them down right now. Perfect. Um, and then like research like on YouTube and again, just research on Instagram. Um, and pretty much immerse yourself and try to learn as much about what others are doing and then kind of um, understand or figure out what relates to you. Like, are you going to be that cold caller, you know, calling, or are you going to be the person knocking on doors? Like, you know, are you in person or are you the social media person that's like, you know, behind the scenes, like doing a lot of stuff on social media. So there's so many different ways that people um, do real estate and I didn't even get into it, but there's also like the people who do flips, you know, that those are like right. looking for distressed properties or if you're into like luxury. Um, so I could go on and on about this, <laughs> but there's a lot of different avenues and it's more of just what works for you, what excites you and what you can see yourself doing day to day. Right. Definitely. And like, I think that's a lot of really good points in there too, because I mean, with any career, you have to do your research and you have to know that it's something that you really want to do because if you're going to form the rest of your life around it, it's it, that's a big decision, right? And you can't just be like, well, I'm going to go into real estate because I can start really quick and make a lot of money. And it's like, but are you going to like it? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. Yeah, um, there's a lot. Unfortunately, in real estate, um, we see a lot of people um, fail because they didn't plan out, they didn't do the research or that, that, that why isn't strong enough. So. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically when you're in real estate, you're basically an entrepreneur, um, and you're running your own business. So, um, 
And I know like what we're, we'll talk about like social media and stuff in a minute, but um, do you have any other advice that's kind of more for entrepreneurs in general? Yeah, absolutely. So you're definitely right about, you know, real estate being an entrepreneur. So the advice that I would say for someone who, you know, is looking to become an entrepreneur or people that already are or like on the brinks of it, um, you have to be willing to take risks, like absolutely. And then you also have to be willing to sacrifice your time. Um, and I would say if that those two questions, if those aren't something that you're comfortable with, then um, maybe keep searching or, you know, keep searching for that thing that will make you want to be willing to do those things. Because any entrepreneur that I've ever met or any realtor that is really successful, um, they were willing to take risks, calculated risks, of course, and they sacrifice a lot of their time. And um, I, I will be completely transparent. Um, I don't have like, <laughs> I don't have friends. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I, I don't have like friends that I actually like, you know, really, you know, that I'm talking to on the daily. Of course, I have like my friends, you know, that like I talk to occasionally, like once in, you know, uh, here and there. But I don't have someone that I'm like constantly, hey, girl, you know, or hey, what's going on? Or, you know, like my friends really is my family. Like I hang out with my my boyfriend, my mom and my sister. And that's like really it. You know, I talk to my dad and my mom a lot and my boyfriend. Those are like my best friends. <laughs> um, and that's just because. Um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, like, it's the being an entrepreneur is kind of that's kind of like a big like the big thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You're just focused on, you know, your, your career and building your brand. Um, that's, that's really your baby. Like it's your baby. Mm -hmm. You're, you have to nurture it. You have to grow it. Like you put so much time and energy in it. And, um, the more time and energy you put into it, uh, the more like amazing and beautiful it will grow. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, and it does, it takes a lot of sacrifice, especially when you're, when you're, especially when you're starting out and you're doing everything by yourself and for yourself. And you have to, you have to know that going in that, okay, I'm going to have to make some sacrifices like this is going to be, this is going to become my life. But if you're really passionate about it, then you don't really mind putting that hustle in. Absolutely. There you go. You nailed it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an entrepreneur, but that, that's what yeah. that's what I've gathered from talking to a lot of entrepreneurs. Exactly. Yeah. And it almost goes with that quote, you know, like, um, if you love something, um, it, it, like if you choose a career or something that you, you're passionate about, it's almost like you don't really work because like you're so passionate about it. And like, there is one thing that I did write down. Um, if it's something that keeps you up at night or that you like obsess about, or like you just, you wake up and you're like thinking about it and you're thinking about it before you go to sleep. Like, you know, that definitely is a, a good sign that you're on the right track. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, it is like, not everyone is, has the capability or desire to actually do that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it definitely takes a certain type of person to be cut out for that to begin with, no matter what industry it is, I think. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Um, so let's go back to social media for a bit, because I know with, with most businesses today, and even just people who want to be influencers, um, building your brand on social media is a huge, huge thing. And it's something that you've done really well. So can you kind of speak to that a little bit and maybe give out some advice on that aspect? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll kind of just give a little bit of background of how I did that. Okay, Perfect. so um, when I first started my Instagram, it was a personal account and I was private. And I, you know, the reason why I was private is because I didn't want, you know, um, anyone to, you know, find me or follow me. And then once I got into real estate, I was like, I decided I cannot be private, especially for someone that wants to really immerse myself in the field. Um, I want people to find me. So um, I decided to not be private anymore. And then I decided to also clean up my Instagram. So uh, a lot of things that I've 
felt weren't appropriate or I felt like, oh, that's not like really me anymore or that's just something that I don't want on my personal, you know, Instagram account um, because I did keep it per- as a personal account. Um, I just cleaned up my Instagram and then um, I really became intentional with my posts and I became consistent. So, um, so that now I'll start getting into, you know, the kind of tips. So you have to be consistent with your posts and your stories. Um, you also need to be genuine. So if you're a brand, whether you, you're, um, you know, whether you're baking cookies or, you know, you're a fitness, um, you know, person or, um, whatever it is, or even like, um, a dentist, you know, I, I, I follow a lot of, um, boss women, I guess if you will. And so I love connecting with like entrepreneurs or like women owned businesses. And, um, they've done a really great job. And, um, I also look at fashion bloggers and makeup artists to kind of see what they're doing. Like the ones who have like a million followers. And that's how pretty much I've, I try to like emulate what they're doing, but like in obviously my industry. So just being consistent, be genuine, engaging with your audience, both like on a post and in your stories. And then um, if, if you feel, uh, well, when I've spoken to people, sometimes they, their setback is that they don't have time. Well, if you don't have time, there's this website, it's called Planoly. P-L-A-N-O-L-Y, and you can actually use their website and you can automate your post. Um, so if there's a week that I'm going to be like on vacation or I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have so many you know, appointments this week, I'm not going to have time to even think about a post. Um, you can go into the Planoly account and it literally has the calendar right in front of you. You can upload your photos, write the um, the oh my gosh, the caption. (laughs) And then you can even tag, you can set the location, you can literally do everything you do on a regular post on your phone. And so, um, yeah, and it's an app. So you can use it both in your phone or on your desktop. Okay. And then um, if you are, like I said, um, if you're going back to the whole branding, if you're, you know, a business, um, well, obviously, I'm assuming, yeah, you'd be a business or entrepreneur (laughs) just depends on what it is. Right. If you use also um, like marketing flyers um, or would like to create like posts that aren't so much like just about you, which I do encourage you to like, you know, post pictures about you, your family or your interests. That's the part of being genuine, but also promote your business. Um, You can use Canva. That's like one of my favorite websites ever. Um, I use Canva a lot. Um, I even like create postcards and I send it out to like my clients or yeah. So I like swear by Canva. Yeah, Canva is awesome. I use it a lot too. And it's so easy and it makes you feel like, and you like, you can make something on Canva and you're like, and like, you don't have to be a graphic designer. And all of a sudden you make something like a professional did it, but I did it. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny. I have a graphic designer that does like my personal stuff for like my branding. And it's funny because like he'll watch my stories and I'm all excited. Like, and then I think to myself, oh my gosh, he's probably upset because I'm not using him for this. <laughs> so or he's like, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, and then um, two more things. Um, read any articles. So I always like would read articles like what's new or what's going on on Instagram or Facebook, you know, just so I can always be up to date with the mm-hmm. trends. Um, because using hashtags, using geolocations is um, important to like grow your audience. So another thing for someone who doesn't have a huge audience, but wants to grow their audience, um, looking up hashtags and finding people in the, your um, specific industry, or even if it's local, get more hyper focused. Um, and, you know, look up the hashtags, like if you're in Ontario, um, I don't know, like Canada very well, but like, if you have like little town, yeah, you know, your towns or um, districts and stuff, um, you know, use those hashtags. And then um, another thing is I highly definitely don't recommend buying followers. There's a lot of, of those, mm-hmm. you know, accounts that, Hey, I'll grow your Instagram. Don't do it. Oh my gosh. That will, yeah. um, really negatively impact your presence and your branding. So, yeah. And there's, I think that doing that too, because, uh, they, I think I was reading something a while ago and it was like Instagram knows when you're buying your followers and they know when your followers aren't genuine and that can actually really 
mess you up with the algorithm and with your reach getting affected too. Because all of a sudden you're going from yes. like 50 followers to like 3,000. Like that's a very suspicious jump in a very short period of time. So like they will, Instagram yep. will notice that too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's really important, especially if you're growing your brand. You don't want, you want more exposure. You don't want less exposure. And if that algorithm gets kind of, you know, off track because of the followers that, you know, you bought or hopefully you didn't. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So you definitely, it's honestly the best way is to grow organically. Mm-hmm. And it does take a little more time, but it is more authentic. And that way too, you get people who um, actually will engage with you and will actually be better than having, like, it's better to have a little bit that are more engaged than a lot that are just robots. Exactly. Yeah. And then those, those loyal engagers um, most likely will like your brand. Um, Another thing, um, some, some of the influencers that I follow, they do like giveaways. So that can help, you know, like, Hey, you know, tag, you know, this post and, you know, share with your friend, whatever, you know, so there's different ways to grow it. Um, Like I said, just reading articles and keeping up to date um, as far as how to grow the audience. But just don't buy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that keeping up to dates actually is really important too, because I mean, anybody who's worked even a little bit in social media knows how quickly and how often things change. And even, even not even just with social media, but with Google, with search engines, with every social media platform, it, they're constantly changing and little things impact that algorithm so much that it's, it is really important to stay on top of that and just spend some time like looking at the latest news. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, so going back a bit when we were talking about, um, how you did all of these different programs and took all these different courses in school and did all these different things. There's a lot of, um, students out there who are kind of in that same boat where they kind of take something and then they realize it's not for them and then they try something else out and kind of kind of figuring it out. Um, so can you kind of talk about that experience a little bit and kind of how yeah, that sure. helped you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, I was always torn. So this is like, I'll just speak from my own experience and like why I went through these different um, types of positions. So um, in my, uh, when I was growing up, I, I always had it um, an idea that I wanted um, to be uh, very successful. I didn't know how I was going to be successful, but I always envisioned myself like living in a big house and having, um, you know, like a housekeeper, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know where I got this idea from. Right. And, but I always just thought like, I was just going to be like a CEO. And then, um, that was like when I was like young, like, you know, elementary, middle school and then high school came around and I was like, okay, great. Now, you know, I'm going to get slapped with reality really soon. I need to pursue education. And, um, I actually don't come from like a family that we're, um, you know, highly educated. Fortunately, my dad was like the first generation of like going to college and he actually pursued, um, education, Um, after I was born. So my dad instilled in me that education is really important. So um, thank God for that. And so, um, so I had this idea of like, okay, I want to be a CEO, but then I have to like, you know, have education. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go to, you know, school, no matter what, because I want to pursue an academic, um, you know, I just, academic was just something that I had to pursue, right? Regardless. And so when I got into college, I thought, oh, well, I really like um, counseling because I was a peer counselor when I was in high school. I was involved in a lot of um, things when I was in high school, like ASB, which is like the student council. I was a peer counselor. I was a peer, like a mentor for like freshman girls. Um, So I was very involved in that aspect. And so I figured, okay, I like talking to people. I think counseling is the great way to go. So um, in doing so, I naturally just started um, finding and looking for positions while I was, you know, in college um, that were educational related. 
And so um, on top of, you know, um, pursuing these positions, I also would sometimes have to have two jobs. So when I was in college, I was going to school full time. And one job wasn't enough because, <laughs> um, you know, it's unfortunate, like not because I like needed like money or extra money. It was like, I was trying to pay the bills. Right. <laughs> so, um, so I had to have um, at least two jobs. Um, so like I was working during the week after, you know, classes and then on the weekends. So I had positions, um, like I said, in education and then in hospitality. And, um, and so I did that, you know, and in doing so, I like met a lot of different people. I learned different things. And then, um, um, I also sometimes like in the summer when I wasn't in classes and I couldn't, um, you know, um, work in college at the college. Cause I also had a position that was like in the student union or like in the financial aid office. Okay. Um, I would pursue like positions just like as administrative type of, you know, assistant, or I would find jobs like at the mall, you know, just so I could have something. Right. And right. so that's kind of like how I built up like these different resumes. And um, I think um, just in doing so, I learned a lot about like myself. I learned a lot about what my skills were too, like what my skill set was. And um, yeah, so I don't know if that kind of answered the question, but um in doing all those different positions, I still, I knew I wasn't satisfied though. I will say that. Like I knew that I didn't want to work for someone else. I did know that I liked working with people, but authority, not so much that I had a problem with authority. It was just more of like, I envisioned myself um, having more. Right. Right. And I wasn't satisfied. So that's, that's what I definitely overall learned. But I think that's helpful because um, in doing all of that, um, like put it, like t- trying all these and working all these jobs and like doing all these different things. One, of course, like as we talked about before, it gives you the unique set of skills. But at the same time, it does just kind of help you try things and figure out if that's for you. So it's kind of the same thing where if there's maybe a student who um, is taking a certain major and doesn't really know if they like it is would kind of be the same thing as them. Maybe, okay, maybe I'm going to take, go and take a couple elective courses in a different field to see if I like that and kind of just slowly test that, I guess. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, I'm, I probably wish I would have done that more (laughs) in college (laughs) instead of like with the actual like positions. Instead Um, of just jumping into another program. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, That's actually the smart way. And I was too scared. Okay, for those. So I'll maybe this will help for the listeners. um, Because I was already like about maybe a sophomore or junior and I had pretty much already completed a lot of my like prerequisites for you know, my major and I was like, Oh, I'm just so close to like, finishing, you know, it's too late now. But honestly, like, if you are still, you know, not very sure, even if you are that close to, you know, finishing your major, it wouldn't hurt to take an elective or Mm -hmm. something in a different field. If you're still in, you know, enrolled, that way you can determine, you know, yeah, okay, maybe I am, you know, just a few semesters or, you know, what have you away from graduating, but is this really the, the career I want. Let me just try something else just to see, you know, so I definitely encourage that. It's important to explore and know and do a lot of research, do a lot of, um, um, shadowing. Um, that really helped me actually in the school counseling program as well. Um, just shadowing and like, like I said, even in the beginning of this conversation, like I immerse myself in so many ways in real estate that I had never actually did that in my other career because I wasn't passionate about it. Right. Right. The shadowing part thing I think is really important to touch on too, because I mean, I've talked to a lot of different students and a lot of, and graduates and alumni in a lot of different fields. And something that almost every single person says at some point in time is find either a mentor or someone you can shadow, whether that is a mentor or not, because Mm -hmm. it, that gives you, such a huge advantage in figuring out what you want to do and learning more about that career, right? 
right? Absolutely. Hands down. Yeah. You have to. Um, yeah. Especially that's something, yeah, you just have to. And, and yeah, even in real estate, I mean, um, you have to find a mentor or a coach, same thing. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so when you have, so obviously with all these different jobs and, and education and stuff, you obviously figured out how to kind of custom tailor your resume and cover letter and stuff like that to these different positions. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing that we do um, talk about a lot is um, we try to give a lot of advice to students who are graduating soon and kind of in that similar boat where they're starting to put those resumes together. So um, do you have any kind of tips on that, on kind of tailoring your resume to certain things? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, what I did um, was I would always and you know what gosh it's been a while since I've had to like send a resume um I don't know if things are like a little bit different now or like if if people have gotten more creative um towards the end of like my educational career or like yeah or, or at least finding positions um I heard people would kind of do really unique things to like set themselves apart but um uh, I don't know if that's like something that people do, but if there is, I definitely would research, you know, how to set yourself apart from all the paper resumes that are, you know, going in to, you know, wherever you're going to um, apply to. But as far as um, setting, like at least on your resume, it's important just to make sure that you hit the points that they're looking for. Um, that's like one advantage that I would always purposely do I would look at okay what is their job description or I would do so much research about the particular company especially if they were they might call me um, I would just already do the research ahead of time just to cater my resume specifically for them so that's definitely a huge um, um, uh, point that I would say or highly stress is just make sure okay if you're gonna apply to this position make sure you include what are those things that they're looking for make sure you include it in your resume highlight um you know uh, uh, any skills or any type of experience that is somehow relatable um to the field um i when i was sending out resumes i don't know if this is still consistent now but like a page is just enough right and then your cover um definitely your cover letter should you know be like short and sweet like it doesn't have to be so much like information but definitely um hit the points that they're you know gonna want to see that way um because there's probably a lot of other people um applying for the same position so you have to somehow stand out mm -hmm. um so those are like my those would be like my tips of advice and just again being coming from a background where i did have to like cater my re resume to right. so many different um, you know, industries, that's basically what I did. I was just research. Okay. What are the points? And then just cater it. And I would use, sometimes I would use like skills that I learned in like hospitality, even for like an administrative position. So be very creative. Um, I also would ask like my dad or someone else to, you know, kind of proofread before I actually like would submit it. And that's something that I absolutely used to hate. I would hate other people <laughs> reading or, you know, kind of like judging like, Oh, yeah. you know, um, but honestly, I really, I highly recommend, you know, having like a peer or someone or a friend, sister, I don't know, whoever it is, just look over it and just kind of say, okay, does that make sense? Or does that look okay? Um, just so that way you can get another set of eyes on it. So. Absolutely. That proofreading step is so, so key. Cause even just one, like I've seen, like I've been on both ends of companies, like applying and hiring and I've seen so many resumes come through and it's like one one spell to, one run through Grammarly would have helped you fix this and I just like I can't stand seeing yeah. like minor typos on it. it's just so it just looks so bad so yeah that's absolutely and it almost kind of it actually kind of shows the kind of character behind you know who that person is like were they just trying to do this fast like do they even care about you know yeah. and yeah so i can totally relate and yeah you definitely don't want to submit something and you you totally missed out because of 
an error. Right. And it kind of implies that you didn't want to go that extra mile and just put that little bit of extra effort in. And you probably just, that would make me think that you just fired off your resume to a bunch of different companies, just hoping for a job. And like, that's not really the right thing to do. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Definitely agree on that. (laughs) Um, Going back to uh, when you're talking about all these different things you did when you were in school and working all these different jobs and being involved in a lot of counseling things and stuff like that. Um, How did you balance all of that? Because that's really time consuming on top of all of your studying and all of your um, just meeting all of your program requirements. So did you kind of develop any like routines or anything like that to help you manage your time and stay on track with studying? Yeah. So, um, I didn't do, I guess I, I did it intentionally as a freshman. Um, I purposely would schedule all my classes like in the morning. Um, that way I could have the afternoons, like my classes would start either at seven or eight and I'd be done with all my classes like around two or three. And then I could head out to, you know, I could work. Well, I worked on campus. Um, and then I would work from like, I don't know, let's just say two to five or two to six. And then depending on what days, um, then, you know, it was like six to eight at another job or the weekends. So um, I usually would try to work Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, I would, you know, if I had like a sales job, I would try to work weekends. um, And then always have like the evenings to either like try to study Um, And then also use the weekends also for studying and exams. Um, But yeah, I think that was pretty much, that was pretty much how I really just focused and carved out all my time was just being very focused and very intentional on the classes. Like if I couldn't take that class at that time, then I'll wait for the next semester, but I would never have a gap in my schedule. Like I was always, you know, from eight to two and I would, I would only there were only very seldom times where I would take like an evening class. If it was like, like a major prereq or I was like, okay, I, this class is only offered once a year. Okay, fine. You know, but, um, I was very intentional in that aspect that, um, I wouldn't have my classes all over the place. Like when I would talk to my peers, they're like, Oh, I have this class at this end. And I'm like, Oh my God, that just sounds awful to me. (laughs) And I don't know if you remember me saying I'm very OCD, like about like schedules. So like timing and everything, like I have to know like, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm here. Tuesday, Thursday, I'm here, you know, cause I was on a quarter system. So we were taking classes, um, you know, uh, in a crammed amount of time, but Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, just figuring out your schedule and just making sure it's really consistent. And, um, and then if you are working, um, you know, try to balance, okay, are you going to work in the evenings or are you going to work in the mornings and then have classes in the evenings? And then the weekends, can you at least sacrifice at least one day, you know, a Saturday or Sunday where it's just, you know, just focus on your homework and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you use any kind of like, like a calendar or some kind of like app or something like that to help you with that? Ooh, I, oh my gosh. I'm like, <laughs> okay, let me show you. Okay. Um, oh, I've always had a planner. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, I literally like swear by planners and that's <laughs> just, that was something that like I learned early on, like in elementary. Um, but yeah, I love planners. I have to have them now because we're more technology driven. Um, I do. I still write because I'm a visual person and I like writing things. Um, I'm more traditional or like old school that way, I guess. Um, but I actually start using like Google, my Google calendar to help me. Um, but if there's apps out there, I highly recommend like for those students. Yeah. Cause you guys are more like tech savvy. Um, yeah. You need to see like, you know, what your schedule is. Um, and that's so, so important. I would always have everything written down. I would always write down like when my exam was, you know, when test days were, um, when papers were due, you know, when I had to work, you know. So, yeah, definitely highly, highly encourage you to use some kind of planner. That's actually funny because I have a planner sitting beside me, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely like, get it. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, Yeah. And like, that's, I know like there are a lot of apps and stuff out there that can like automate it for you and put your notifications, but there is something completely different. And to me more effective in writing everything down in a, like old school in a planner and just looking at it and having it sit there on my desk and being able to cross stuff off. Yes, absolutely. I think I agree with you. Yeah. Um, It's more like if you were to ask me like, you know, next week and I think I literally am more of like, I'm like, not that I have a photographic memory, but I'm like, okay, I wrote that down on Friday. Yes. I have like an 11 a.m. or, you know, or I have a 2.30 appointment, you know? So yeah, there's, it's, I feel like I remember things more when I write it down. Well, that's actually a, a, a note t- taking thing too, is if you write something out by hand, if there's something mm-hmm. about, like, I don't know exactly the science, but something about it helps you memorize things a lot better when you're, when your muscles actually like your brain could, tells your muscles to write it out. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Else, it I, memory. Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It makes complete sense. And like, even when I was in university, like I wrote all of my notes out by hand and wrote them all down. And then sometimes I'd go home and just type them up later or sometimes I didn't, but I yeah. wrote everything by hand. I was like the only one in my classrooms that didn't have a laptop, but it worked. Aww. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was always like at the front of my class writing notes. They would have like the, the PowerPoint and I was like, no, I have to write it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yep. I can relate. Yeah. I mean, it hurts after a while, but. Oh it, yeah. <laughs> especially when you're like furiously trying to write down everything that oh my trying to catch yeah. everything my the professor saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it works. And I always recommend that to everybody. So absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, What are some other, are there any other kind of challenges or obstacles that you faced when you were in school and balancing all of this stuff or just in school in general? Yeah, no, that's actually a really great question. Really great question. Um, It was almost like a tongue twister. Yeah. Yeah. And without getting into like major details and I don't want to like, um, you know, upset any of like the listeners or audience, but, um, I actually did have a very, um, troubling like personal life going on. So again, without going into too much detail, um, my mom and my stepdad, um, right at the point where I was going entering into college. So I just graduated high school. They both lost their jobs. And, um, and it wasn't because they, you know, it wasn't because there was like this problem with the economy, although that was happening. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, they actually lost their jobs due to, um, addictive substance abuse behaviors, which I had no idea. Um, while I was like a couple years right before I graduated, I didn't know that they had started using drugs or abusing drugs. Um, and at two years later, they lost their, you know, like my mom had a business, she lost it. My stepdad um, was an employee for a really great company for like over 20 years. So from 18 to about 28 years old, um, I was dealing and during that whole time, I mean, I graduated when I was 22. Um, and then I, you know, pursued higher education, you know, um, up until I was 25, 26 years old. So from 18 to 26, during that whole college experience, um, I was having to deal with, you know, my mom and my stepdad, like using drugs and I would cry and to them and having to worry like what's going on. I have a younger sister who's I'm 12 years older than her. I'm not joking. Um, when I was in class, um, there were a couple times. And one time I remember like vividly, I was in um, my grad program and my sister kept calling me and I thought to myself, okay, it's kind of very odd that she's calling me more than once. So I stepped outside and she was crying hysterically about, you know, a a situation, um, that it was an altercation between our parents. And I was like, oh my God. And it was then, you know, it was things like that, that I had to worry about on the back of my mind. So having to kind of like balance, like the personal struggles, like was really hard. And I think honestly, like, education was like probably probably the only stable thing in my life and so was like the jobs that I had and so I think I just try to immerse myself as much as I could and just like 
I, it was almost like I would put so much focus and energy into that and try to like forget what was going on, right. you know, in, in, with my home life. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I was just gonna, like, that must be so hard to deal with when you're in university because I mean, it's one thing when you hear about, I mean, there's if a parent, if their kids going through that kind of struggle, but when you're the child and your parents going through that kind of struggle, I can't even imagine how stressful and hard that could be, especially while you're in university. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was definitely stressful. It was definitely hard. Um, actually, I mean, you know, right now we're around the holidays. I used to despise and hate the holidays because it, you know, I just wanted my family to be normal again, you know, and it was just really hard, you know? Um, but thank God, like I had my dad, but he, um, he lives like about 400 miles. So he lives in San Francisco, Oakland area. He lives in the Bay. And, um, and I could never see myself moving up there. He would always tell me, Danielle, move up here, move up here. And I was like, no, dad, like my family, like, you know, my mom and my sister are here. And like, I was, I'm very close with them. And although my mom was going through her battle, you know, battles and challenges, like I needed to be there for my younger sister. Right. And so, um, so I would always have, you know, conversations with my dad and he definitely, I would say he like had, was always like my rock as far as like, you know, needing to confide in him. Um, and cause he was the only one that I could really trust, you know, right. that, that I, you know, could, can tell me, you know, and also with his wisdom, you know, and I didn't like to, I would never tell like my friends or peers, like what was going on, you know, like that, they, I almost was like embarrassed. And then I didn't think that they could relate. And right. it was just something that I didn't right. want to talk about, you know? So, right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think, I mean, if anything, that's kind of, um, at least you did have those things to kind of help you, like you had school to focus on so you could kind of like uh, put yourself, just get just a little bit of an escape, but that's still productive. So you're still doing, and then that you did have at least someone there to talk to, even if it wasn't like, even if it, if you don't want to talk to like a a friend or anything like at least there is that something because that's important too yeah absolutely and I think like um the takeaway that I would say for like your listeners is that you know um that was my experience I'm sure there are a lot of people who have um just some they're going through something right that is Mm -hmm. um outside of you know just your normal you know um academic challenges like we all have personal lives we all have families or we all have something that we're dealing with internally um or externally with the, you know that's again outside of academics and you know um i think the most important thing is just um you know finding your outlet whether it's like journaling whether it's, you know, having someone that you can confide in. Um, but like, don't lose focus. Like, you know, um, I think the academic part is just so important and you don't want to like get off track. Although, you know, I don't, um, blame those people who, you know, things just happen and Mm -hmm. like, like, you know, even loss, right. Of someone that can really throw you off track, but, um, hopefully in due time, whatever it is that you're going through, like, just get back on track. Like, you know, you've, you've done your education up to a certain point and you might as well, you know, just continue on, you know, it's so important for a reason you started it for a reason. So you, it's important for you to um, finish it. So, yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. so I was just gonna say, I think that's also super relevant right now with everything going on with the pandemic. Um, that's a lot of outside stress that a lot of people are, that's causing a lot of people to have mental issues or not mental issues, but mental health struggles. And that is something that also we can't control. Yes. Individually. So, um, I think that's also just a relevant point to be talking about right now too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree 100%. I think um, it's really important just to find, like I said, just um, finding your outlet, you know, whether if it's working out, journaling, you know, find something to kind of just keep you um, in a more positive uh, spirit. You know, Um, it's not good to dwell on things. It's not good to focus on negative. Um, 
yeah, otherwise you could go down like a dark, dark path. And that is something that you need to stay away from, especially um, if you're, if you have like family prone to like, you know, depression. I mean, we, there are high um, rates of depression just across, you know, from even starting at young ages and it's, it's really unfortunate. And so just trying to find something that kind of makes you happy, whether it's music, dancing, singing, you know, journaling, you know, looking at quotes or just try to always focus on the positives, whatever those positives are, even the small ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's all part of that self-care thing too, like making sure that you do take those time to do uh, things you enjoy or just things that help you de-stress, whatever it is, just to just yeah. to have that there. Because, I mean, that's a big problem that a lot of university students face, especially in their first year when they're coming from high school to university too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So definitely self-care. something good. Yeah, self-care, definitely. Um on a more uh, happier note, um, what is one of your favorite memories from your time in school? Oh boy, gosh, what was my favorite memory? Um, honestly, I think probably one of my favorite um, like memories, um, and it's more of just like just the more of a whole and like not a specific one um, is actually working in the financial aid office. So when I um, was um, doing my undergrad or finishing my undergrad, I worked in the financial aid office. So like I said, I would go to class and then, you know, uh, work in the financial aid office. And that actually was like a highlight because it was there that I got to connect with like my peers. And I also got to learn from some of the women um, that were, um, you know, like they were the advisors or, you know, they were like, the program administrators right and so um that's kind of like where i had like more of the human connection because like when i would go to class i literally would just go to class learn um you know maybe meet a couple friends for like you know to study or if we had to like do a project together but other than that i was you know very focused and so um i would say the student the financial aid office is where probably it was more of like my fun time where i got to like you know kind of just be laid back, you know, Mm -hmm. feel like a student, you know, um, and actually a lot of the girls that I went to college with, um, I'm, I, again, I have to use the word friends loosely, but like we are still in touch or, you know, through social media and stuff. And so, yeah, so I would say, uh, working on campus, I guess. (laughs) I mean, it does, it sounds fun. And then like, if you're going to get a job, um, like a part-time job like that while you're in school, like that's probably one of the best places for a student to be because you still um, you still have that responsibility of having that job but then you also you know you get to see your friends and you get to talk to people or maybe even meet new people on campus yeah and exactly. when mm-hmm. yeah definitely <laughs> um, so one question we always ask is if you could go back and talk to your 15 year old self what would you say or what kind of advice would you give Oh gosh, that is such a great question. Um, and if I could talk to my 15 year old self, I would tell my 15 year old self to not let what other, what I think what other people, um, don't let other people, gosh, I'm not even (laughs) saying it right. (laughs) Don't focus on what other people think about or care about. Um, I think I've, I put a lot of emphasis on, um, how I do things or how I did things like on what people care about or what people think. And, um, I should have just always followed like my own heart and not please anyone else. Um, I think there are things that I wanted to prove to like, you know, like my dad or to like my peers. And that was just a waste of time, a waste of energy. And, um, yeah, it's more of just do what you feel in your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, that's always the best way. That makes total sense. And I think it applies to, uh, because I mean, I think every person has gone through that when they're, when you're in high school or when you're a teenager and you just kind of, you're so fixated on what everyone else is doing, what everyone wants you to do that you kind of just forget to stop and just think about what you want. I know that happened to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, had, had I gone after what I wanted, um, if things would be different, but again, I'm very fortunate. I, I, maybe I wasn't ready for it then. I think everything happens for a reason, but, um, yeah, I think it's so important. It wasn't until like later in life where, you know, that I realized, oh my gosh, Danielle, do what you want, do what makes you happy. And it took me like into my late twenties to realize like the light bulb went on and I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, like, what have I been doing? And I just wish I had followed and pursued, you know, those things early on, you know, but if you have, you know, even if you have that now, just hold on to it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Or find it. (laughs) Yeah. Or just give yourself the chance to search for what you want. Right. Um, Is there anything that kind of um, was kind of like something you'd consider like the key to your success when you were in school? Like, anything you kind of did that was like, Oh, I'm so glad I thought to do that. Um, Oh, that's it's okay. It's okay. If you don't have an answer either. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, um, the gosh, I guess my, for my key to success was, um, being, it was more of dedication and like the persistence, right? Um, I think it's more because I had a strong will to complete my academic education. And um, I think that was like a major key to success as far as like, that was able to help me complete my education while I was dealing with all those challenges challenges while I was having to like two or three jobs, you know, right. um, at one point, um, is just having that strong will that I was, you know, I'm going to get my education. I'm going to finish my degree. You know, my bachelor's was definitely like hands down. I had to, um, that was just something innately that I, you know, like had to do. Um, and there was nothing that was going to stop me. <laughs> so I think just having, you know, um, a strong will. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And that's also that entrepreneurial spirit coming in too, I think. <laughs> Just that dedication. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm going to do uh-huh. this. Yep, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, another thing we kind of ask everyone is if you have a favorite motivational quote that you would like to share. Well, I'm going to tip my computer. <laughs> I have like um, a few behind me. Okay. And then I have like 2,000 quotes saved on my phone. <laughs> so um, I'll read probably one behind me because... Um, okay. Let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Your potential is endless. Go created what you were to do. Go do what you were <laughs> created to do. <laughs> Sorry. Let me do that again. Okay. Your potential is endless. Go do what you were created to do. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I mean, that's super, that is also another super, um, going back to that being driven and motivated, that entrepreneurial spirit, um, just do it and see what happens, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's another one behind me. It's dreams demand hustle. So whatever your dream is, whatever those hopes and goals that you have, um, it's not going to just appear in front of you. Um, I had all these dreams, but I wasn't like putting them into action. And it wasn't until like, I was like, Whoa, this is hard. You know, this is what hard work is or, you know, um, and that, that word hustle, sometimes it has like a negative, you Mm -hmm. know, connotation, but honestly it's, it's more of just like put in that work and, you know, um, you will reap the benefits of all that hard work, all the sacrifices, you know, the time um, that you're, you know, sacrificing the calculated risks, um, all that comes into play and your dreams definitely will start coming true. So, and everything, everything takes hard work. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Everything. Uh, so I just have one more question and it's another fun question that we ask people. And I pro I think I already know the answer, but uh, what is your favorite social media platform and why? Oh yeah, that would be Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought yeah. you were going to say. Yeah, yeah. So I love Instagram. Um, it's definitely my go-to. Um, and the reason why is because, um, well, number one, it's probably because I have the most <laughs> followers on there. Um, but I, I actually have fun with it. Um, 
I love um, being creative. I love to engage with it. And I love that you have different um, uh, ways to connect with your audience. I love that they have, um, you know, you could do posts. I love that the stories are on there. I love that you can save the highlights. Um, I love that you can do IGTV. I love that they, you know, have the reels. Um, there, there's just so many, so many like fun things to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just about being creative. It's about, you know, um, just being yourself and, um, yeah, just get your followers to engage and really shine your, you know, genuineness and your own personality through, um, your social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook so or yeah. YouTube, Twitter, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> Uh, do you want to uh, drop your Instagram handle here? We can put it in the description as well so people can follow you. Yeah, definitely. So my Instagram is my first name, Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E underscore Angelique. That is A-N-G-E-L-I-Q-U-E. Perfect. Yeah, so we'll... Um, We'll put that in the description as well. So then, like I said, people can follow you um, and see Yeah, perfect. Yeah, if any of your listeners ever, um, like if you guys do follow me, feel free to reach out. I always like respond to like DMs or um, like if you, if I posted something on my story, you see something like um, I'm very happy to engage and ask me anything if it's more further about real estate or my personal experiences or, um, you know, education. So more than happy to help. Super helpful. Um, so that's, uh, before we kind of wrap up, is there any kind of last insights that you want to share that maybe we didn't cover yet just before we say goodbye? Um, no, I I think we covered it all. Um, I think the only thing, I guess if I were to say like one last thing, um, whether it's real estate or being an entrepreneur, um, you know, I highly, I highly encourage you to do so if it's something that you feel very passionate about. Don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about, don't be analytical. Sometimes I get analytical. Sometimes I think too much about certain things. Um, Just go do it. Do it. Like if it's something that you have already like thought about, you want, you want to just try it, do it. So I think, I guess that's the thing that I would probably just leave with is don't, don't, don't even care what other people think. And in fact, you might have some people that might tell you not to do it. Oh my God, do not listen to them. Like if anything, just go for it. Um, don't listen to the haters out there. <laughs> Amazing. I think that is a really inspiring um, place to leave off on. So I do want to thank you so much for uh taking your time out of your day to talk to us today and share all your amazing insights. I think that it was super inspiring talking to you. So we really do appreciate it. And I think this is going to be a really great podcast episode. Yay. Awesome. Thank (laughs) you so much for your time. Thank you so much for reaching out. Um, I am very humbled and very happy to, you know, that you invited me on your show. So I really appreciate it. And I hope um, your listeners, um, you know, got some value out of it. They definitely will. (laughs) So thank you. And we will also be in touch with you as well. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Homework Help Show Student Influencers Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie, and you can catch me again in future episodes of the Student Influencers series as we talk to more inspiring students and hear their stories. Listen in to previous episodes, tips and advice on studying, writing, and learning English, and much more right here on the Homework Help Show Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Homework Help Global, on Twitter at Homework Help Inc., on Facebook at Homework Help Global or on LinkedIn at Homework Help International.